It's Monday, Yud Nisan, Tafshin Ayin Hey, coming to you live from Jerusalem, Israel. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. Brand new music we debuted it last week, Halach Ma'anya. The words, not the Halach Ma'anya words, we know those words are in the Haggadah Shal Pesach. The rest of the words are inspired by the um, thoughts and uh, sayings of Reb Shlomo Kalbach. The hunger is not just for bread, it's not just for water, it's the hunger for spirituality, to know God, and our door is open to the entire world that they can come and join with us. And I'm very excited to be here. I am live in Yerushalayim. We are here each and every Monday on the Nachum Siegel Network, immediately following JM and DM, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Here in Yerushalayim, it is 4 p.m. in the afternoon, Israel time. Changed the clock in Israel this past Thursday night. I had um, lost an hour a few weeks ago when we changed the clock in New York. Then I come here, and the day I arrived, they changed the clock here, and I lost another hour. And no wonder I can't get anything done. I just keep losing hours every time to this crazy daylight savings time. And they call it savings time? Like, we keep losing hours. Anyway, 
it's exciting to be here. I uh, especially want to thank the uh, crew at the Inbal Hotel in Yerushalayim, which is where I'm broadcasting from. General Manager Romy Tinsit and uh, Ronnie Tinsit and um, Alex Herman and all our friends, our many friends at the Inbal Hotel Yerushalayim, and to the crew and the staff of the uh, business center where we are broadcasting from. They have allowed us to set everything up here in the most beautiful and effective way. Thank you all so much. You can hear us in addition to live. You can also hear us on demand via the Nachum Siegel Network app, via subscription to the podcast on iTunes, and, of course, on NachumSiegel.com. We have lots of great, relatively new, some new, some a little older, but most of it is within the last few years, Pesach music from Israeli artists, Israeli uh, original music for Pesach, which we're going to share with you today just like the one we just did now, Halachmani. The next one is literally brand new. David Da'or and Tomer Hadadi, B'tzeti Sirami Mitzrayim, off of an album called Shirat Rabim, volume number three. And this just came out within the last few days. We're going to get to that in a moment. Later on in the show, we're going to discuss the verdict, or the re-verdict, if you will, of the Ehud Omer case. It was. Uh, it is not shocking, but it is a rather fascinating situation that uh, the former prime minister now finds himself in. We'll discuss with you a little bit about um, Israel, how things are over here, and so forth. Um, here's one thought before we actually go to the uh, to the next song. Uh, it was a quote I was looking for today, and I f- I'm happy that I found it. This comes from the first Prime Minister of Israel, David Ben-Gurion. In 1947, he appeared before the UN Commission that was making a decision on whether the Jewish people should have a state, should have their own national homeland. And the point he wanted to make to this commission was, we are not a new group of people that just want to take over a piece of land. Our tradition, our connection to this place, and I'll say right now to this city, our connection is as old as anyone can imagine. He said, 300 years ago, the Mayflower launched its historical voyage. Who remembers the exact date of the voyage? How many passengers were on the Mayflower? What kind of bread did they consume? What kind of food did they have? No one knows. But now think of this. More than 3,300 years ago, the exodus from Egypt, Yitzhak Mitzrayim, took place. Every Jew knows the date that it happened, the 15th of Nisan. Everybody knows how many people left. Everybody knows the kind of bread that they ate, matzah, the unleavened bread. Until this very day, and that was in 47 and of course now as well, Jews all over the world tell the story of the Exodus and eat matzah on the 15th of Nisan. And how did they conclude this seder, the telling of the story of the Exodus of Yitzhak Mitzrayim? They ended every year with L'shana Habab Yerushalayim. Every year they say, Hashata Avde, this year we are slaves. L'shana Habab next year we will be liberated. Hashatahacha, this year we are here, in the diaspora, in the exile. L'shanahaba ba'aradi Israel. Next year, we will be in the land of Israel. That's how Ben-Gurion explained to the nations of the world our connection. And now I sit here, not that many years later, and I am sitting in Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim Habnuya, an amazing city where hundreds of thousands of Jews live, where people worship as they wish, where we only are missing one more ingredient, and if we want it, we'll have that as well. What an amazing, miraculous time. How we need to always just pull back for a moment and experience the miracle of Yitziat Mitzrayim, which we are reliving right now, 
and we can we live in a sovereign state of Israel with its capital in Yerushalayim. I can't think of anything more exciting as a nation than that. Here is David Daor and Tomer Hadadi, Betzet Yisrael Mimitzrayim. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. from David Daor and Tomer Hadadi off of the album Shirat Rabim, volume number three Bitset Yisrael Mitzrayim good one, brand new, literally brand new my name is Mayor Wangart and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your day whatever day it is, wherever you are I, thankfully, am in Yerushalayim very excited this is the first, I believe this is yes it is because in previous years, um, the way the calendar worked out, it, it would not have worked for me to do a live show from Israel on Pesach or Erev Pesach. And this year it is working out. So I'm very excited that we can broadcast live from the Inbal Hotel. And we shall do so, God willing, for the next three broadcasts right here from the center of Yerushalayim. And the news today in Yerushalayim was um, pretty heavy-duty stuff. Former Prime Minister Ehud Olmert was found guilty 
of uh, accepting bribes and other forms of corrupt behavior. They have uh, various different laws that it falls under here in Israel. At the end of the day, it's one word, corruption. Going back just a bit in order to give you an idea of what happened and how all of this came to pass and the lessons that I think can be learned from it all. Ehud Olmert worked his way up from a Knesset member to a minister to deputy prime minister and ultimately when Ariel Sharon became incapacitated, he had his coma, he was deputy prime minister and became by default prime minister of Israel. He then ran for re-election and got elected. He began the second Lebanon war and ran it. Some say better, some say worse. He is responsible for a very positive thing, and that is the bombing of a nuclear plant that was uh, being developed in Syria by North Korea. And Israeli intelligence knew about it and bombed it. Many thought that he was a good prime minister. I have uh, no, no opinion one way or the other. But at a point in time, an American Jew by the name of Moish Talansky came forward and testified to the fact that he had given Ehud Olmert over a period of many years envelopes and envelopes and envelopes of cash ostensibly for help him out whether it was personal or not unclear Ehud Olmert at the time had already undergone at least three or four various corruption trials and came out of almost all of them clean he'd managed He's a lawyer, he got other good lawyers, and he managed to get, get, get through it. And yet most people had a bad feeling. Most people had a feeling something's not kosher. Then came another scandal, what's called the Holy Land scandal. These um, high-rise apartment buildings that were constructed on the spot that the Holy Land Hotel used to uh, be in. It's at the edge of Bayit Vagan. Those of you who know Yerushalayim probably are familiar with these four huge towers that are connected at the top. Quite an eyesore. And it turns out that uh, in order to get permission to build such a large development in an area that probably wouldn't have allowed it by the city zoning laws, many people had to be bribed and that was another trial. So now, Ehud Olmert was facing three trials, the Holy Land trial, the Cash Envelopes trial, and another one which was called the Rishon Tours trial. Don't even have to get into that one. Well, Ehud Olmert, for his entire career, had one confidant, a person who was closest to him, someone who he trusted with all his secrets, a very interesting woman by the name of Shula Zaken. And as he rose in position, she rose with him. And ultimately she was the secretary, the executive assistant, if you will, or the head of the office of the Prime Minister of the State of Israel. Shula Zaken knew all the secrets. She knew about all the corruption. But she is a, um, a very traditional woman, one might even say religious, of Sephardic origin. And she made a promise to her father that she would never betray Ehud Olmert. That as he was good to her over all the years, she would never betray him. And so... She sat through all these trials and refused to give any testimony. Her testimony could have brought him down, but she wouldn't do it. 
till the last trial where she herself was implicated. She was ready to go to prison in order not to give up Ehud Olmert, not to tell what she knew about the man who she was so close to and aided all those years. And then just as the trial was about to end, Ehud Olmert was in a position where in order to make himself look innocent, he needed to make her look guilty. And in court, he spoke out against her. And that was a breaking point. She had suffered so much over many years, keeping silent, never telling what she knew. And now the man who she was ready to go to prison for was ready to throw her under the bus. And she went, believe it or not, and got a hatarat nidarim. And the uh, legal point of interest here is that the trial was basically over. But she went to the prosecutor and said, I have audio tapes over a period of a long time where I taped Ehud Olmert telling me about the money and also telling me in various different ways not to testify against him and that he would pay me and make sure that I'm taken care of if I go to prison. Well, that is worse than the original crime, tampering with a witness. And so the um, judge, this is not a jury trial in Israel, it's a judge. The judge had to decide whether he's going to reopen to hear the testimony. The prosecutors had the tapes, the judge heard them, and he decided that he is going to reopen the trial and allow this new testimony to come through. And then the tapes were leaked and made it into the media. And everybody in Israel heard the tapes of Ehud Olmert and Shula Zaken talking in the lobby of a hotel in Yerushalayim. And Ehud Olmert telling her about how much he's going to pay her and the money and the cash and how maybe she can launder it. And she would ask him questions and he would come up with all kinds of answers. Maybe we could launder it this way or that way. And if she goes to prison, how much he would pay her. And everybody, but everybody realized that the man is guilty as sin. And the whole left wing of Israel, who loved Ehud Olmert, who in fact had declared him innocent, because the court originally declared him innocent in the Talansky trial, and were celebrating, suddenly realized that this man is corrupt to the core. After the, tri- after the first trial, when he was found innocent, he got up, and today they showed it on TV. He stood in front of the people of Israel, in front of the cameras, and he said, the court has ruled that I'm innocent, and now everybody knows. There were never any envelopes. There was never any cash. It's not true. It's just the, the testimony of an old man. And now, with hindsight, everybody knows. There were envelopes. There was cash. It wasn't just the dreams of an old man. Neod Olmert will probably end up spending quite a number of years in prison. I believe he's in his 70s. So he will spend some time in Israel, in prison, in prison in Israel. Somebody was saying today, well, the lesson of all this is that you can't trust anybody. No matter how close you feel to somebody, don't trust them. Ehud Omar trusted Shula Zaken with all his secrets. Then at the end of the day, he paid for it. But that's not really true. That's not the lesson. The lesson isn't don't trust anybody. The lesson is don't be corrupt. If you're honest, if you have no skeletons to hide, you can trust everybody. If you're guilty and if you have secrets, if you have what to hide, yeah, then you can't trust anybody. But then you can't trust yourself either.
Karev Yom was released last year. Eviatar Banai and Halev Hamayan, new version of this Pesach Haggadah classic. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We're coming to you live from Jerusalem, Israel, on the Nachum Siegel Network. This is the Israel Show. with from the Haggadah Pesach that we will read this coming Friday night. The Israel Show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, an amazing organization, provides Olim with many resources in order to make their Aliyah as successful as possible. Needs-based financial aid. This has been so important for people over over the years. People who felt that they just couldn't make Aliyah because of financial reasons. 
came Nefesh Benefesh and said, we'll help you out. And they've grown and grown. Employment resources, assistance with governmental absorption, guidance to help you find the right community, the right job. And they make everyone's aliyah a very special and important and successful event. Their charter flights are legendary, just legendary. You come in, they, the plane lands, it's filled with Olin, it's a specially commissioned charter El Al flight. They land at Ben Gurion Airport, there are hundreds and hundreds of people there waiting for them, relatives and friends and other people. There's a band, the people coming off the plane feel that they're starting off their new life in a most beautiful way. They're being welcomed in by the people of Israel. Nefesh Benefesh has made Aliyah an in thing for the Jews in America. For detailed information, go to take a look at their website. Hey, it's Pesach, Chag HaChirut. Take a look, www.nbn.org.il, www.nbn, Nefesh Benefesh, nbn.org.il. The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, revolutionizing Aliyah. We uh, promised new music, and we're going to bring it to you. Uh, this is a new artist. I remember when we brought to you um, the new artist, Ishai Rebo. Now, um, he's, uh, he's gaining popularity in the most amazing way. Here's another new artist. His name is Mati Shariki. came out with a new album. It's called Ar Chadash, and we're going to bring you the song Shuv Toda. And we'll, we'll bring you more and more music from uh, Mati Shariki over the next couple of weeks. From his new album, this one is Shuv Toda. Happy to debut it and uh, introduce the uh, Nachum Single Network listenership to this young, new, talented artist from Israel. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
caught my attention, that's for sure. Brand new, a new artist, young religious Zionist, man by the name of Mati Shariki, brought us Shuv Todah, brand new album called Or Chadash. We will bring you the title track next week and uh, much more music from this young, up-and-coming rising star on the horizon in Israel. As we continue to bring you newest, the newest, the greatest, the latest from uh, the old stars and the new stars as well. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your day. Shuli Rand, many of you might be uh, familiar with that name. A, uh, an artist, uh, actor from Tel Aviv. Chazar B'Tshuvah, he returned to Orthodox tradition. Actually became a Breslover Chassid. But continues to be active in Israeli uh, culture and society, has a great show on the new television uh, station known as Channel 20, which is a religious Zionist station. He has an interview program, Shuli Rand Marech. Many, many, many of you may know him as the actor who played the lead role in the movie Ushpizin. And he also has uh, dabbled in songwriting and singing. Just released, Shuli Rand and the Ma'orim Choir, a new version of Karev Yom. Um, just, literally just released, yes, a few days ago, and we're going to debut it here for you on the Israel Show, as we do so often. Um, Shuli Rand and the Ma'orim Choir, brand new. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingart, and thank you so much for tuning in, making us a part of your pre-Pesach days.
Karev Yom Shuli Rand and the Maorim Choir here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Nachum Siegel Network. We are live in Yerushalayim for the next uh, three broadcasts. Very exciting. And uh, the politics, the post-election politics continue. We've spoken so much about the pre-election politics, the election result politics, and now, of course, there's the post-election politics. The coalition building, the uh, need for Benjamin Netanyahu with all that he, quote-unquote, won the election, which he did, but there is no such thing in Israel as won the election, because unlike in the United States, where there are two candidates, one wins, one loses, here it's a proportional representation, as we've discussed many times, so... While Benjamin Netanyahu's Likud party has 30 seats in the Knesset, he needs 31 more seats in order to have a majority and in order to be able to rule. Everyone said, and we said the same, he shouldn't have a major problem putting together a coalition. There are enough parties that are within the same general ideological framework as the Likud and as Netanyahu, enough parties to bring the Prime Minister to the magic number of 61. But of course, now, during this negotiation period, as all negotiations are, the horse trading begins. Everybody is playing the game in order to get the most, the biggest bang for their seats, if you will, the biggest bang for their bucks. Each party comes to the table with a certain number of seats. The most is the Kulanu party, the new party starring Moshe Kahlon. He got what he wanted right away. He said, I want to be the Minister of Finance. And Netanyahu promised him that before the elections in order to get his support. Netanyahu, before the election, said, if you win and you support me, if you get enough seats and you support me, I'll make you Mr. Finance, of course, Kahlon now wants more than that. He wants to be able to control several other important positions, important offices, government offices and others that will allow him to do what he wants, which is to make a revolution in the Israeli economy and uh, to make life more livable here in Israel for people of the middle class and below. He wants to be able to have the... um, the um, chairmanship of the Knesset Finance Committee, which is a key, key position. But that position usually goes to the Aguda, and the Aguda isn't going to give it up so easily. He wants also to be in charge of Minhal Mekarka Israel, that authority that controls all the land in Israel, or most of the land in Israel, a key issue if they're going to get the prices of housing down, and so forth. So those are his demands, although he already got a chunk of what he wants. The Aguda seems to have gotten what they wanted, which is the premier, the chairmanship of the Knesset Finance Committee. And now, who's left? Well, Shas, I believe they want a ministry of, ministry of interior. And the biggest issue seems to be the Bayit HaYehudi, Naftali Bennett's party. They suffered a tremendous loss. They went from 12 seats to 8 seats. And the conventional wisdom is that the four seats that they lost went to Netanyahu. It's not clear that the statistics back that up totally, but there's no question that a portion 
of the four seats that were lost in the Bayit Yehudi went to the Likud. I believe some of them went to Eli Yishai's party, the Yachad party, headed by Eli Yishai, very irresponsible in what they did to break off from Shas and run on their own. All the votes that were cast for him went basically down the drain. So some of the seats that the Bayit Yehudi lost went to the Yachad party and some to the Likud. In fact, Netanyahu was very proud of the fact that Naftali Bennett was the second call he made after the elections were over and the uh, results were known. And at the time, uh, friends of mine were saying, you see, hopefully there'll be some uh, support of Naftali Bennett's position. The prime minister called him right away after the elections. And I said, no, the call doesn't matter. What matters is what positions he's going to give him. And my feeling is that he will throw him under the bus. And so it seems that is what's happening. Naftali Bennett wanted a major portfolio. He wanted maybe Minister of Foreign Affairs, maybe Minister of Defense, or some other major portfolio that would allow him to continue to build his party to one that would be relevant to all of Israel. But Netanyahu doesn't want him to do that because he would be a direct competition to Premier Netanyahu himself. So he does not want Bennett to succeed. And even though it's quite obvious that the Likud owes, quote-unquote, Bennett big time because of the votes that were given to, uh, to the, to the uh, Likud from the Bayit HaYehudi, I think most people are aware by now that um, Prime Minister Netanyahu takes no prisoners. If uh, he'll do what's expedient for him at the moment, there's no issues of... Um, of owing or not owing and any of that stuff. And so this will continue going probably till after Pesach, a little after the negotiations. Everybody comes up with, with demands. That's where negotiations go. That is the nature of negotiations. And um, it's all right. It'll all work out. And just before the time uh, ends, which is 21 days after the president gave uh, the mandate to Netanyahu, there will be a government. One other thing I just want to mention before we go to uh, to a, another brand new song. We are on the cusp. The United States is about to sign an agreement with the Islamic radical state of Iran. And this is a day, I, I'll say a day that will live in infamy. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for us. We always know, in every generation, somebody arises to, to defeat the Jewish people, to put an end to us. And God intercedes. That's what we need. A brand new song called Avadim Hayinu, a takeoff on the words Avadim Hayinu, very cute message. The artist is Nava Geffen. I never heard of the message. is very simple. We're all slaves to something. We're, we're slaves to the government. We're slaves to work. We're slaves to money. We're slaves to ratings. We're all slaves to something. And we all have to find our own independence. Very cool. I like it. Like the message. Like the song. So here it is. We're going to debut it for you on The Israel Show. Avadim Hayinu Nava Geffen. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
I like it. We were slaves to the mortgage. We're slaves to our careers. Everyone is a slave to something. We're going to close out the show appropriately with Yonatan Razel's Vehisha Amda, a classic in its own time, a modern classic, caught on so quickly. And as we said, as we stand before a possible deal with Iran, where the United States is seemingly allowing this radical Islamic State dictatorship to acquire a nuclear bomb. We always have to remember that in every generation this has happened. Someone wants to kill us, and God saves us. And I'm going to end off as um, as we began, with the inspiration that I am sitting here in the city of Yerushalayim, a united city, the capital of the sovereign state of Israel. And knowing that 3,327 years ago we left Egypt. And since then, until today and on, on Friday night, the Jewish people around the world will do what they have done every single year. They will sit around as families they will eat matzah. They will learn. They will talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. They will sing. They will remember how God brought us from slavery to freedom. And this year, yet again, as it was in the last 60 some odd years, we will know that we have finally returned home. That every year that that took place, that event, that Seder Pesach, over the last 3,327 years, as Jews dreamt to spend a next year in Yerushalayim, it was only but a dream in their hearts and a prayer in their soul. And now, for whatever reason, God has allowed us to live out that prophecy. And oh, how we have to be thankful and recognize the greatness of the times. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff here at the Business Center of the Inbal Hotel in Yerushalayim, to General Manager Roni Timsit, and to Alex Herman, to all our friends here at the Inbal. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, especially to Avrami, who was on call to make sure everything worked well. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, immediately following our show, the encore presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Sending you best wishes from Yerushalayim for a Chag Sameach. Until next Monday, Chol HaMoed. This is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.
Let's see 